This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. Uh, welcome to a, I think we're all relieved edition of Rico Bronia. The New York Mets won a series. There was panic a few days ago. Pete Hoffman was panicking. He should apologize to the entire audience because even though it wasn't beautiful, even though there was some worrisome moments, even though the lack of the big hit is still something that kind of hangs over this team, the New York Mets did what they needed to do. They won a series against an average baseball team in the Texas Rangers. Again, it was not easy. There are things about this series that make you feel there are still issues with this baseball team. But the bottom line is they needed wins. After getting shut out by the Astros, after getting demolished by the Astros, And after this idea of, oh, no, here it comes. Here comes the collapse. Even I had to be the calm one. This was a nice, good, solid win two out of three at home series. So before we continue, Pete Hoffman was on the radio panicking. How do you feel now, Pete? Are you relaxed? I still think, and I'm excited that Francisco Alvarez is moving up, but I still think they need to add. I know, listen. A panic was not the word, the proper word. I'm not panicking, but I'd like to, I can't stay, I can't stay still. That's the I issue. Agree. Listen, I don't think there's any Met fan that said, this is it. This is our roster. We're not making any changes, whether it's calling up Alvarez or calling up Vientos or adding a big bat. That still exists. That's still true. I agree with you. I think it was more this idea of, Losing games to the Astros, losing all four games to the Astros, scoring one run in two games was somehow going to lead to like this epic collapse. And the truth is they're better than the Texas Rangers. They're better than the Cincinnati Reds. I don't know if I'm going to be right. What I said last time on the Rico was they're going to win five out of six against Texas and Cincinnati. And the only way that turns out to be true is if they sweep the Reds, which they may do. But the point is they're fine. Like, there was nothing about what happened against the Astros that should make anybody say, oh, here we go, we're about to go lose 15 out of 18. But, Evan, my, my issue with that is in previous history, which is different. Now, I've got to remember, remind myself, too, that this is a pr- new ownership and they're more proactive. But I don't want to sit around for a month for the trade de- deadline to come around to be like, okay, now we're going to make a move. I feel like, you're right, it was the Astros, so it's different. However, there was a bitter taste left me very concerned about some things, and the, the issues were highlighted. I understand. Look, I, I'll tell you this. When you look at these three games against Texas, one thing that remains and is obvious is they need another guy in this lineup to hit the ball over the fence. 
Luckily, Eduardo Escobar decides, I'm going to hit a home run in every game of this series. Starling Marte decides on Saturday and Sunday, I'm going to hit first inning bombs. But this offense lacks pop because what we saw, and I know the numbers may not fully show this, but we certainly saw it, I think it was on Friday or Saturday. The lack of clutch hitting is a real thing. And if you look at the first few months of this season, when this team was scoring five runs a game, they were doing it because they were this incredible clutch hitting team, which is such a change from the last two years where they couldn't buy a big hit. I mean, you look back at 2020, even that short sample size, how many times did they just, the big hit was the killer. The big hit was the thing. They got on base plenty of times. They just couldn't buy the big hit. I think we saw signs over the last couple of games that they can't rely on hitting 285 for an entire season with runners in scoring position because those numbers are starting to come back down to earth. And the biggest way to offset that is to hit the ball over the fence. Like if you go back to Friday night's game and I'll pull up my scorecard to remind me everything I'm about to say in the fourth inning of that game, Escobar hits the three run home run. Mark Canna gets an RBI double. Great. They had a big inning. Because remember, they were down one nothing. They could take a 4-1 to lead. The rest of the game was the inability to get the big hit. And that's what led me on Friday night to tweet. It wasn't strictly my negativity over Kevin Durant. What led me to tweet Friday night that this felt like a brutal loss coming was leadoff man on in the sixth inning, they do nothing. Big opportunity in the eighth inning, first and second, one out, they do nothing. Even Jeff McNeil can't come through with a big hit. It felt like they left opportunities on the base pass. And the Rangers were slowly ticking their way back. They were slowly coming back into this game. Nathaniel Lowe hits a home run. They get an RBI ground out in the sixth inning. All of a sudden, it's a 4-3 to game. And I'm sitting there Friday night with my son thinking, they got to get insurance runs. And they did a terrible job of tacking on. Now, the good news is, Seth Lugo did great. Adam Adovino did great. And Edwin Diaz did the job. So they were able to overcome the fact they were unable to get the big hit. But it is worrisome because we saw that all of last year. We saw it in 2020, the inability to get the big hit. And I'm not saying all of a sudden they're going to become this 195 team with runners in scoring position. But over the course of this series, over the course of the last few weeks, we've seen that sort of come back to earth. But what was great about Friday, besides the bullpen effort, which I just mentioned, was David Peterson. I mean, I think we have to start realizing, like, wait a second. David Peterson's got some balls. David Peterson is actually looking like a competent major league starting pitcher. And I'm not sure any of us felt that way a year ago, or we felt that way earlier this season when he was an early option. But take a look at Friday night. Chris Bassett's supposed to start the game. Chris Bassett has now returned his season around. All of a sudden, we get this mysterious, Chris Bassett's going on the IL, and it's not injury related. I have no idea what that is. I don't think we've got any details over the last few days that shed light on that. But all of a sudden, Chris Bassett's out of the rotation for the time being. And David Peterson is called to make a start where we also know his wife is about to give birth at any moment. So the Mets are really set up in this wonderful spot where Bassett's out. Peterson's making the start on, I don't know how much notice, but it didn't seem like a lot. And oh, by the way, at any moment, he may have to leave. And he did outside of the two solo home runs he gave up to Simeon and to Lowe. He did an outstanding job. And there isn't any controversy here because Scherzer's healthy, DeGrom's healthy, David Peterson's out of the rotation. I think we all understand that. But he really has done, I think we have to admit it, over this sample size of 
you know, nine starts, 10 starts he's now made. He's done a hell of a job filling in. And I thought what he did Friday night was really, really impressive on no notice. So major kudos to David Peterson and kudos to, I can't believe I'm saying this, Adam Adovino. Adam Adovino, besides Sunday against the Marlins a week ago, in which he gave up that game-winning home run, and we all remember that game wasn't on him. They couldn't score a freaking run. But Adam Adovino, even though this may be false confidence, I admit this, is actually looking sort of competent getting big outs in the middle of a game. Now, Pete's shaking his head because I know what Pete's thinking. Pete's thinking what the entire audience is thinking, which is, don't be fooled, you schmuck. Adam Adovino's not any good, and just because he's pitched well recently doesn't mean you should have this false hope that you have confidence handing the baseball to Adovino in a big spot in the postseason. And I agree. I'm not arguing with you. But let's just admit, guy's been a lot better than any of us would have thought this year. Got to admit that. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, yeah, no, he's been better. And again, like, I, something about him I still want to... I appreciate how he takes the, the mound... I appreciate he knows when he's off. I, I There's a lot of things I like about the guy, but I just can't trust him. And that's the thing. is like The personalities with the Mets in the bullpen, even Trevor May, I like the guy a lot. But, God, when they suck, they're terrible. That's the problem. <laughs> no, I know. I know. You know what Adovino has done? He replaced Jairus Familia. And last year, Jairus Familia actually had a better year than Adam Adovino. So I think there was a sense of most of us saying, oh, what an upgrade, when the truth was a year ago it wasn't an upgrade. I think what Adovino has done is he's been so much better than what we expected and so much better than what he was a year ago and so much better than what he was at the tail end with the Yankees and so much better than Jairus Familia. That's the positive. To go along with that is the lack of confidence we probably are now gaining with Drew Smith, who's been a little bit more human after he began the season giving up no runs in his first 15 innings. But one quick thing on that Friday night game, which I was at, great crowd, fireworks, it was fantastic. Four times in this game, they got the leadoff man on, and four times they couldn't score. And that goes back to my point that they were lacking that big hit. Uh, And even getting Jeff McNeil back in the lineup, which is usually Mr. King of the Big Hit, first inning, two on, two out, he's striking out. So even the return of Jeff McNeil didn't necessarily help that. But that's what worried me about Friday. Did you get that feeling too, Pete, that Friday felt like a bad loss? Even though it it didn't happen, they won the game, it was great. But just that there were signs throughout that game that that would have been a typical, brutal, kick-in-the-ball kind of Met loss. Yeah, I would say not, not a bad loss, but it was like a dead win. You know what I mean? Like, it was just like it felt empty. It, you, you got the victory, but it didn't feel like it was like pound your chest, which I like. To yeah, do. I think if they, if they tack on, we would have felt that way. Look, I, when they win a game, I'm so freaking happy. I don't care, especially for me personally, emotionally. I needed that win Friday night for two reasons. Number one, Kevin Durant all of a sudden is just like a, a scared bitch. So, you know, I now hate him. He went from being my hero, that's my guy, to now this guy wants out. You know what? Go F yourself. And two, my son was at the game. I needed to show him a victory. I feel pressure when I bring my kid to a game that, you know what? 
I don't want you to see a loss, especially when they had a 4-1 to lead. And, oh, quick story from this game. So, Mets Rangers. The guy sitting behind me is from Texas. He's got his kid, my son's age, about five years old, chanting, let's go Rangers every minute. My son responds every time this kid says, let's go Rangers, with let's go Mets. It's almost like they're having a conversation with each other, but they're not talking to each other. Then the kid will say, boo, Mets. And then my son would say, boo, Rangers. And I'm like, this is so freaking awkward. But this one cracked me up. I went to the restroom a few innings later and I come back. This poor kid, this Rangers fan, was wearing a Joey Gallo Texas Rangers jersey. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why that cracked me up so much. Like, oh my God, this poor kid's wearing a Joey Gallo Rangers jersey? Yeah. I, I just was at a game. I just went at my friend's house in Connecticut. And they were like, oh, they really like Aaron Judge. And the young kid was like, and I really like Joey Gallo. And I wanted to tell him, like, do you understand how much that guy's terrible? He's the worst guy <laughs> in the league right now. I, you know, the kid's seven, so I didn't want to break his heart. But I'm like, geez, out of everybody, Joey Gallo? What oh. made the kid? Like, I get it as a Rangers fan. Joey Gallo had some pretty good years for Texas. Big, left-handed slugger. Great. But if you're a Yankee fan, like, what would ever make you say, Joey Gallo's my favorite player? It's just odd not to a, me. I mean, I, I mean, relative, but he's not. He's not a relative of his, so it's, I, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I didn't ask. I just I just felt bad. I was like, it's okay. It's, it's, I, not, it's not the worst thing in the world, but maybe it's close to it. <laughs> I got to tell you, as a father, I just wanted that whole let's go Rangers, let's go Mets thing to stop because it felt as if I was going to have to be placed in some kind of awkward fatherly conversation about his son rooting for the Rangers and my son rooting for the Mets. And luckily, it eventually ended. The Ranger kid tapped out. My kid won. Jet continued his Let's Go Mets chance, and Let's Go Ranger guy disappeared really after the Mets broke the game open. After uh, Escobar hit the three-run homer, kid kind of disappeared. Good job, Jet. Let's go. That's what I'm talking It's a big victory for Jet. The negative was this Saturday game because – I think we all knew Trevor Williams filling in almost feels like a punted loss. It feels like there are so many examples of this. I saw Corey Oswalt was traded today. Remember the days where Corey Oswalt would be forced to make a start? Uh, Thomas Zapucky is forced to make a start. I know Trevor Williams was competent for a while, and he did a really good job to the point where you know, we all complimented him and said, hey, I know maybe Trevor Williams deserves more starts. Trevor Williams is what he is which is a very mediocre to bad pitcher. So even when Starling Marte, you know, three pitches into the game, hits a bomb of a two-run home run, and they get an early 2-0 lead, that second inning was freaking batting practice. He's throwing cookies to Cole Calhoun. He's throwing cookies to Jonah Heim. He's giving up another home run to Cole Calhoun. But here's the ultimate problem. They give up the four runs. They're down 4-2. to two. That wasn't the game. The game was the lack of the big hit. The game was when they had scoring opportunities like the fifth inning with two on and one out, Pete Alonzo up and the place is starting to shake and it's starting to move in a five to one game. They did nothing. And Alonzo grounded into a double play. They, they were unable to, and this was kind of like that continuation from Friday. They couldn't chip away. And so if this was the Mets three weeks ago, against, I mean, look who you're facing. I know Martin Perez has had a great year, but Martin Perez is like Esteban Loaiza a decade and a half ago when he had that great year out of nowhere. Martin Perez is not that good. Like if a team trades for him at the trade deadline, God bless you. Look at his career numbers. Don't judge him on the 2-2 ERA he's had this year. So while, you know, I can't 
basically compare Martin Perez to Glenn Otto from the night before who couldn't throw a freaking strike. You should be able to eventually hit Martin Perez. I mean, when this season's over, maybe this will just be a career season, but by next year, he'll be who he is. By the end of this year, he'll be who he is. But they couldn't chip away. If this was three weeks ago, that Saturday night game, the Mets win. They win the game 8-6, to six, something like that. And that's where it continued to feel different, where offensively, you know, Pete Alonso did nothing in this game. Lindor actually got on base four times, which was awesome. But the bottom of the order did nothing. The catcher spot is a pitcher spot. We just, we have to admit this with James McCann and Tomas Nito. It is a, it is a freaking handed away out. And so when you're down in a game like this, five to two, it feels like you're chasing. And it's even more difficult when you have two bats in this lineup. Well, really one bat in this lineup. I'm kind of picking on Guillerme lately because Luis Guillerme has very much cooled off. I think um, as much as I like him, he's kind of exposed himself as what he is, which is truly a bench player. He had a base hit on Sunday, but for the most part, he's like one for his last 18. 